Thanks for listening to this sermon recording from Liberty Family Church in Hillsville, Victoria, Australia. All of our sermons are available for free online, and we encourage you to subscribe to our sermon podcast through iTunes or by clicking the button on our website. If you'd like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, or would like more information about our church, head to www.libertyfamilychurch.net.au. God bless you, and we pray that this sermon recording encourages you and strengthens your faith in Jesus Christ. Earlier this year, we began to refocus ourselves as a church on God's heart for the lost and God's desire to bring many sons and daughters into his family. Well, what sort of family does God want? Well, first of all, let me say that God wants a big family. Let me tell you this morning, you are not designed to be an only child. God's desire is that everyone would be saved and that no one would perish. God's family already has billions of children, but he's still not satisfied. When Jenny and I were having a family, we got to three children and we thought that might be it. But then after a while, we weren't satisfied. We wanted one more. And so we had Alana. Joel and Laura had two children and they wanted another one. They weren't satisfied. Perhaps they'll call it quits after three. Well, God has outdone us all. God is never done. He never calls it quits on his family because no matter how big God's family grows, God always wants one more. Over the last two weeks, we've begun to examine what God's family looks like. Our message series has been called In the Family. In the first message two weeks ago, Joel highlighted that when we become part of God's family, we become brothers and sisters in Christ. Not brothers and sisters born of the same earthly mother and father, but brothers and sisters who've been spiritually reborn by our heavenly father when we accept Jesus Christ as our saviour. When we are spiritually reborn, we no longer have just the physical DNA of our earthly parents, but we're given the spiritual DNA of our heavenly father, the Holy Spirit. We become characterised by the DNA of the Holy Spirit who lives within us and is at work within each one of us. So as children of God, we are all brothers and sisters because we share the same spiritual DNA, the Holy Spirit. This is how the Apostle Paul put it in his first letter to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. Paul said, For we were all baptised by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. 
In his second message last week, Joel highlighted that in God's family, we all have a role to play. God's children all have a role and a part to play in the day-to-day life of his family. Just like children, mums and dads all need to chip in and help in, in different ways at home in family life to make things run smoothly, so it is with the family of God. At home, someone might cook. Someone might set the table. Someone else might take out the garbage or do the vacuuming or, or clean the bathrooms. Someone might do the washing and another one might hang it on the line. Every member helps out to get things done. And likewise, each member in the family of God has a part to play and a role to fulfill. This is how the Apostle Paul puts it in his letter to the Ephesian church. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16, we read these words. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So all of God's children have a role or a part to play in the life of God's family. It's not just the apostles. It's not just the evangelists. It's not just the prophets. And it's not just the elders whom God has appointed as pastors and teachers of the church. We all have a role to play as God grows his family, his church, the body of Christ. Today, as we finish this series on God's family, I'm going to focus on the one overarching principle that God wants his family to operate under and to be known by. The one defining characteristic by which God wants his family to be built. It's to permeate everything we do as we live together as God's children in his family, the body of Christ, expressed in our local community as Liberty Family Church. Can you guess what it is? It was in the last verse we just read from Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Let me read that last verse to you again. Paul said, From him, that's Christ, the whole body, that's the church, his family, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, that's you and me, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What is the church built up in? Love. 
Love is to define God's church, his family. God wants his family to love one another and to be known for the love that we have for one another. In fact, God wants his children, his family, to be world famous for the way that they love one another. God wants the whole world, men and women, to know that we are God's children by the way we love one another. It was some of Jesus' final words to his disciples before he went to the cross. Words recorded by one of his disciples, the Apostle John. This is what John recorded in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Jesus said, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Bible tells us that God is love. And God's children, sharing the same spiritual DNA as God himself, sharing the same Holy Spirit, are designed to love one another. But not just to love one another, but to love one another in the same measure that we are loved by God. Jesus said that as I have loved you, so you must love one another. There's the Father speaking through the Son. Can you hear the impassioned plea of God, the Heavenly Father, in those words? You must love one another. Now that's a big ask, but it wasn't a request It was a command. You must love one another as if your life depended on it. Because it does. Because it shows that you have been born again by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't love one another sacrificially, then it brings into question whether you've really been born again. And that's A scary question to ask. God wants his children to love one another sacrificially, just as God loved us and sacrificed his son Jesus for us. As Jesus loved us. Jesus explained that to his disciples in that first letter, that gospel of John that we just read. And the same apostle, John, One of those disciples who was witnesses to Jesus' life, his death and his resurrection explained this concept in greater detail in his first letter to the churches. So let's read from John's letter to the churches about God's plan for his family to love one another. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 21. Let's read it together. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 
Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love Because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother and sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must Also, love his brother and sister. What a powerful and confronting passage of scripture that is. It goes right to the very heart, doesn't it? The first thing we learn from this passage is that God's children are supposed to be friends. But not only that, we're supposed to be dear friends, dear to each other. Do you recognise each other at liberty as dear friends? Are the people at liberty dear to you? Do they hold a special place in your heart? In other words, are the people at liberty important to you? Is their well-being dear to you? Perhaps we might not ever have asked ourselves this question before as a church. And perhaps this question challenges us as a church. Well, the word of God is challenging. It's alive and active and it penetrates to where soul and spirit to divide. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. So let's examine our hearts this morning, our thoughts and our attitudes. Where are we at as a church 
in loving one another dearly? Are you dear friends to one another? Well, what do you think? Maybe we're doing okay, but maybe we could do better. Maybe we haven't quite got it all together yet. Well, if that's the case, if we haven't quite got it all together yet, if we haven't quite yet perfected our love for one another, then that's okay because God has not finished with us yet. God is building his church. The family of God is a work in progress. The Holy Spirit is not finished with us yet. And I'm grateful that the Holy Spirit is still working on each one of us, you and me. That's why the Holy Spirit, that's why Paul wrote that the whole church grows as it builds itself up in love. God's family is growing. Our faith is growing. And so is the love that we have for one another. This is the truth that the Apostle Paul observed in the church at Thessalonica. And I believe he would also observe and note the same regarding us here at Liberty Family Church. See what you think. Are these words of Paul true regarding our church family here at Liberty? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul wrote, We ought always to thank God for you brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. The faith, the love all of you have for one another is increasing. I believe our faith and our love for one another here at Liberty Family Church is growing and that's a beautiful thing. From God. So, how do we measure up? How can we test ourselves on this matter? Where are we at as a church? To do this, to test our love for one another, we need to get practical. So, what does loving one another actually look like? How can we measure it? Well, to answer this question, we first need to define what love is and what it is not. So how would you define love? (coughs) Excuse me. Well, first of all, let me tell you what love isn't. Love isn't about liking everything about someone else's behaviour. Let me repeat that. Love is not about liking everything about someone else's behaviour. Consider this question. Did God stop loving us because he disliked some of our behaviour? Absolutely not. In fact, the Bible says that God loved us in spite of our behaviour. The Bible says that whilst we were still sinners, God showed how much he loved us. Even though some of our behaviour was on the nose, so to speak, some of the things we did stank to high heaven. In spite of that, God never stopped loving us. This is how the Apostle Paul put it to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. 
But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So let's be clear. Loving one another has got nothing to do with liking everything about each other or our behaviour. We are all a work in progress that will only be perfected when Jesus returns. God has begun a work in each one of us. It's a good work and it began when the Holy Spirit entered us, when we were born again in Christ. And just as a baby grows into a child and a teenager and hopefully into a mature adult, each one of us is growing in Christ. We are growing more and more into the likeness of Christ. We are becoming more like Jesus each day. That's the good work that God has begun in each one of us, you and me. It's a work that will only be complete when Jesus returns in glory. But the Apostle Paul was confident that God would bring this good work to completion in the Christians at Philippi. And it's a word also that applies to each and every one of us in God's family here at Liberty Family Church. This is what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Christians are a work in progress. So how are you doing? Don't look around at the the people around you. Take a look at the man in the mirror and ask him to change his ways. God has begun a good work in you and it isn't finished yet. Perhaps there ought to be a sign outside the church Caution, building works in progress. We are all a work in progress, only to be completed when Jesus returns. And if that's the case, then our love for one another cannot be dependent upon each of us being perfect or liking absolutely everything about each other. If that was the case, there would be no love in the family of God. No, our love for one another is dependent upon something else. It's dependent upon having the same attitude as God himself. And it begins with accepting and bearing with each other, just as we are, wherever we are along life's journey, with all of our foibles, with all of our imperfections, our idiosyncrasies, with all of our failings, and with all of our weaknesses. This is how Paul put it to the church in Rome in chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. How we need to accept one another, bear with one another as we are. That's how we love each other, having the same attitude as Christ. This is what Paul wrote. 
We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the crunch. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Did you know that as we accept one another, just as we are, that this brings praise and glory to God? That's where love begins, having the same attitude as Jesus Christ, bearing one another, building each other up, accepting one another with all of our imperfections, just as Christ accepted you with yours. Paul accurately sums up what love is all about. It's about seeking the good of our neighbour, pleasing our neighbour for their good, to build them up. So here's my definition of love. Love is desiring and working for the highest good of someone else. Let me repeat my definition of love. Love is desiring and working for the highest good of someone else. How did God love us? God sought our highest good by sending Jesus Christ to save us. And God loves us and seeks our highest good by instructing us to love him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul and with all of our strength. Because that's what's best for us. And that's where we'll find our ultimate satisfaction. It's what we were made for, an eternal loving relationship with our Heavenly Father. But God also seeks our highest good by commanding us to love one another, to love your neighbour as yourself. And you ask, well, why is that so good for me? Well, I'll answer you because it gives you the character of God. And what could be better than that? Nothing, absolutely nothing. So when we love one another, when we love our neighbour as ourselves, we are actually also loving ourselves because that's the ultimate best for each one of us to love and to be like God, to be transformed into his nature and character. And God summed up those two truths in what Jesus described as the two greatest commandments, love God 
and love your neighbour as yourself. And that's why our mission statement at Liberty Family Church is simply to love God and to love others. It's what life is meant to be all about. So how can we express that love here at Liberty Family Church? What does love look like when it hits the ground running? Well, let me give you a few ideas in in no particular order. How do we love one another? We can bear with one another. We can accept one another. We can serve one another. We can encourage one another. We can commit to meeting with one another every week when we were able, coronavirus permitting. We can pray for one another. We don't need to meet together to be able to pray for one another. We can do that at a distance. We can fellowship and connect with one another. We can please others before ourselves. We can look to the interests of others. We can be patient with one another. We can be kind to one another. We can forgive one another when we get it wrong. And who doesn't get it wrong sometimes? We can refuse to hold a grudge. We can keep no record of wrongs. We can delight in someone's well-being when things are going well for them rather than envying them. We can be humble rather than proud. We can protect one another's honour rather than joining the gossip of the crowd. We can refuse to put someone down to others behind their back. We can trust each other and always think the best of each other when rumours circulate. No, I can't believe that of someone. No, that's not them. We can persevere with each other, even when we sometimes feel like giving up on family or church. We can seek restoration when someone falls in sin and we can rejoice when someone recovers. We can hope for one another's future. There's so many different things that love could look like. And you can probably think of of many more yourself. These ideas aren't mine. They're not off off the top of my head. Nothing nothing much comes off the, the top of my head these days. Now, these are God's ideas from God's word, straight from his word. And there's a passage in scripture that describes love in all of these terms. It's a passage that describes what love is look like, looks like when the rubber hits the road. You probably all know it well. It's often read at weddings, but did you know it was first written for God's family, his church? It's Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, chapter 13, verses 4 to 7. This is how the Apostle Paul describes love. It's how we ought to love one another in obedience to Jesus Christ. Paul sums up love when he writes these words. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. 
It is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This is God's measure of love. Our mission here at Liberty Family Church is to love God and to love others. It's a mission statement against which we should all continually assess and reassess ourselves. So let's each one of us examine our hearts today and see how we measure up. And as we do that, I'm sure that we'll all be fully aware and acutely aware of our need to rely on the Holy Spirit because it's only by his grace and his power that we can love as God has loved us. God hasn't left us to do it on our own. God knows we can't do it in the natural. It's not something that comes naturally. God has given each one of us a helper, his Holy Spirit. Such selfless love comes and grows as a fruit of the Holy Spirit living in each one of us. You can't do it in your own strength. And certainly I know I can't do it in mine. So let's pray and ask God together that he would help us by his Holy Spirit to continue to increase and build up our love for one another and make Liberty a family church which is known and famous in Hillsville, Yarra Valley and beyond for the way we love one another. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you first loved us. And God, we thank you that you have our highest good in your mind when you sent Jesus Christ to die on Calvary's cross to pay the price for our sins. And God, you had our highest good in mind when you sent your precious Holy Spirit to live in each one of us who calls Jesus Lord and Saviour. So Holy Spirit, we recognise this morning our need for you and we ask that you would come and grow that fruit within each one of us, within us as a family here at Liberty Family Church. And we pray that by your grace, we might become a church family that is famous in Hillsville, the Yarra Valley and beyond for the way we love one another. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and may God's Holy Spirit continue the good work that he has begun in you. Amen.